Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. All right, let's get into the wine. Uh, which Boys, one do we start with? All right. Boys, start with the shardy. All right, let's go. go. I'm back. There you go, big man. Ladies He's got his and big gentlemen, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big man, he, brought, he brought the. Uh, he wants to win this week. No, <laughs> I've, I've gone back. I, I've travelled around the world. We've. I even brought a red last week and still didn't win. So, I thought, <laughs> you know what? Stick to what you're good at. <laughs> and uh, I've gone back to a Hunter Valley Chardonnay. I actually picked it because of the year. So. I haven't tried this wine before. I don't know. I didn't know too much about the winery before I uh, purchased a bottle. But this is a Pools Rock Premier 2016 Chardonnay. Yep. It was the oldest Chardonnay they had on the shelf. As we've said many, many times, if you're going to start anywhere picking a wine, you go for the year. And in a lot of cases, older is better. 2016, not a world-renowned year for Chardonnay. Normally, it's 2015 or 14 and 17, but. Um, we're going to give it a go. So Pools Rock is one of three brands or wineries owned by the Agnew Group in the Hunter Valley. They also have Cockfighters Ghost and Audrey Wilkinson. They, over the years, acquired more and more of the wineries up there, that group. This one rated a 4.1 on Vivino and is supposed to be in the top 6% of all the wines in the country. Wow. Which, again, I didn't find out until after I'd paid for it, so maybe a lucky dip. But um, after being to Spain, France and everywhere in between... Trying to beat you bastards. We're just going back to the Hunter Valley and we'll see where we end up. All right, let's try this then. The losers this week going to have to really be punished for next week. Because <laughs> I keep on winning every week. This is a problem. It, let's not so get carried I, away. I let's not get carried away. Let's I obviously not get pay more away. attention to what we're doing. <laughs> We've just made it a bit of a road. I'm right? a bit more dedicated than you boys. <laughs> He's going for water. <laughs> well, that's good. You'll get that's the cheating. proper toast. No, he was not drinking a rosé. Oh, all right. Looks to me like this one could actually win this week. Smells good. Looks good. All right, oh, cheers, boys. Cheers, oh. boys. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, wow. Oh. It's still a bit cold, though. Wait I think, it's, yeah, I think there's, it's still a bit light. For, for a Chardonnay, it's still a lot, oh. very light. I think there's more body in there to develop. Calm yeah. down, mate. Let it warm up. Just as, fucking, as, oh, man. as it warms up, he's had one sip and give us the whole bloody... Listen, mate. The whole week, he doesn't see you, Chris. You know, it, it's it, it's it's like he's containing himself. No, he doesn't because so he gets a shit over on the phone or text messages <laughs> as well. He doesn't contain himself. I want to know, does he sit there next to Crystal going, you know that Crystalola, blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> I fucking reckon you do. I love you. <laughs> he wouldn't think so. Oh, mate, you finally had an input after how long have we been doing this podcast into the <laughs> what we might want to talk about. You've got a short memory, man. No, I've got a great You've memory. A Thomas was memory. just talking about my memory. I never forget. Years of holding grudges as an angry young man has stood me in good stead. <laughs> what the fuck are you holding a grudge for me then? Mate, name a song. I could sing it just about word for word. Not very well, but... <laughs> and I can tell you, everyone who lives in Carriong. How is everyone? Is everyone good? Yeah, good, man. Good. good. Very good. Bloody better we've got some food now because I'm freaking starving. We've loaded up on the meat today. There's not as There's much There's only two types. We've only got prosciutto. And it actually, is a salami. It's a truffled salami. Uh, yeah. well, I hadn't seen it before. It's bloody yum. It's beautiful. There's a lot of it. It helps really helps with the waistline, I'll tell you that. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I, I heard that, like you boys earlier talking about someone who's left the business and it was a bit of a shock to us. 
I, I have no problem with people moving on, you know. I, I have a major problem with people doing it wrong. The way they move on. I think you, you can't hold on to people's dreams and people's aspirations and what they want to do in life. But you're going to have to hope that you're smart enough to really hang around people who are not going to deal with you like you're their worst enemy when they leave. So when you say they do it wrong, Thomas, is that is they organize everything before they tell you? Yeah. Or, uh, so you're saying doing it ro- the right way is saying, look, I think it's time for a change. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not driven. I'm not feeling happy at work. It, it would that would, we you spoke say, about it last week doing doing the right thing the right that, way. But also, I sort of want to get the black and whites of it, the nuts and bolts. What's yeah, well, if what, you've been working for someone for pick a number five years, I don't know how long. Yep. Yeah. You feel like it's time for a change. Yep. And you've exhausted all avenues in the current business you're in. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And for people to sit there and think that someone's got to be loyal to them for the rest of their life and not try new things or, or seek change, that's that's a bit delusional. Yeah. But when that time comes, open your mouth, speak to people. You don't go behind backs. You don't. I said last week, the worst thing an employee can do is get it to a point where their leader or boss is getting called for a reference because you've gone for a job. Yeah. And yep. not be known about it. And it just it's just been. Not in that exact circumstance, but there's been a bit of that the last couple of weeks. And, yeah. and it, it shouldn't be that hard, Chris, to work out whether you're doing it the right way or the wrong way. Yeah. Because you know that there's a reason you're not telling your leader or there's a reason you're not telling your boss. And that's because you, you're scared or you you got the wrong constitution to begin with. But that's a big... Would you then believe that those people maybe are leaving it too late to have those words and it's gone past a point beyond saving? It's not about saving it. It's about just having the conversation. No, but what I'm okay, yeah, right, yeah. But what, what I'm saying is that at that point where they're going, okay, I'm I'm looking for other things. Should that conversation they've had been earlier going, because you're not you don't wake up one morning and go I'm not happy where I am. I'm going to move on. It's obviously a build up to that. Is there a conversation you should have had maybe months or if you're not happy, that? yes, that's the same thing. But we're not talking about keeping everybody. You're never going to keep everybody, and not everybody has to stay. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Right, that's not the point. Yeah. Yes, there is a, a time where if you don't know, so what you're saying is it can be summed up in if you don't know it's broken, you can't fix it. Right. So if there are issues in the workplace and you're not talking about it and you go away and do your own thing without even trying to resolve those issues, that's a, a separate thing. Yeah. But to actively to to take. If you want to make it super transactional, because obviously these people are, it just turns into a transaction. I don't know whether that's evolution where we're just brought up to look after number, like in our DNA, we've got to look after ourselves first. And, yeah, and but we're not animals, man. Yeah, well, right, we're, not, we're not animals. But are we? Because apparently, like, it keeps no, happening. No, because animals haven't got conscience. Uh, so we have. Uh, and animals don't have a choice. A, t- a tiger will eat flesh, cows will graze grass. That, they have no choice. That's that's how they build. We've got a conscience. We, we've got choice. First of all, if I was to leave a place as an employee, I probably would have to think first. Am I working for a leader? Am I working for a boss? If I work for a leader and if I work for someone, if I've been around someone for so many years and they've looked after me as if I was part of their family, I owe it to them. I actually owe it to myself, my conscience, to do it properly, to sit down with them and say, listen, I think this is t- it's time for me to move on. And... What happened is that we give them the opportunity to either make some changes or really I get the blessing. Now, if you're working around the boss, you won't get the blessing at that point in time. you got to be smart and know, okay, I can't really even divulge to him or to her that I'm leaving because they're going to fire me on the spot. 
you have to look at the history you have with that per these people or that person and really gauge whether it, it's the right thing to do or not yeah and secondly i think it is a bigger insult <laughs> because I've been seeing it and I've been hearing it from you guys, from people who said to me, because you guys saw it on Facebook. To go out there and advertise it that way, that tells me the vindictiveness that you have in your blood. It shouldn't be that hard to figure out, but apparently it is. Yeah, no, there's, there's definitely the right and wrong way to do it, absolutely. And, and you probably hit the nail on the head of what I was asking before, Cam, about, you know, Beyond a point of saving, you know, when it's too late to sort of have those conversations. It doesn't always mean that something's wrong, mate. People want to evolve and people want change. And as human beings, one of our life needs is variety. Yep. So that shit's going to happen. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Some, sure, it's disappointing. I mean, as a as a business owner, if you build that relationship with that person over that long and, and they're an integral part of your team, it can be very disappointing. It can be hard to... To lose people, but it's not a—it's not always a case of because someone's left, something's gone wrong. Sometimes I think maybe that's where the the doing it the wrong way comes in. People have a bit of a fear. They—they they, sometimes they probably feel like they're doing the wrong thing by leaving, even though they may not be. Yeah, right. There's nothing wrong with wanting more in life or, or something different or in whatever, life. Yeah, and, yeah, right. and who are we to you know? If you're sitting there going, "No, you can't have that," who who the fuck are you? Yeah, like, who are we kidding yeah. ourselves? You know. I guess all you ask is to be treated the way you treated them or, or I don't yeah. know if that's the right word because then transactional pops into my head. It's not do the right thing. Look, I think society as a whole, as we move on, the longevity within a workplace is becoming shorter than it was many, many years ago. 100%. Because when I grew up, people would stay in the job for 10, 20, 30 years. Um, they'd be in the same job. Now I think it's you're lucky if people get to a five or six year yeah. uh, span in a, in a job. The natural evolution of the employee is changing. It's not a smart plan from a... I mean, it's not a good plan from an ethics and a morals perspective, but it's not a smart plan from an employee's perspective either because that bridge is burnt. Once you do that to an employer, you may go and... When you say that, that, you mean doing it the wrong way? Doing it the wrong way. Just coming in and saying, I'm I'm leaving. No, not even coming in. Like There's been a couple of instances where we're finding out secondhand that people are leaving. That's, That's even worse. And what happens there is that bridge is burnt. Yeah. And Thomas is right. No one in their right mind will ever take you back unless they're missing a few chromosomes themselves. But there's been many instances where people have left the network or left businesses that we know and are back working there now. Why? Because they're able to leave the right way the first time. Yeah. I don't know where I heard it was said, it's all right to go on your own journey, but don't burn the bridges as you cross them. I think it's not even the bridges. I think don't burn the memories. Yeah. I've been dealt like that many times in my life and, and not so long ago. I've been dealt by that again. I open up to these people. I brought them into my internal world. I opened their house to me when they were having marital problems. I'd have the husband in my house. These are some of the things that sometimes violate, not the employment, violate the fact that you open up. And so quite often it actually gets you to question yourself. It questions your values. I mean, should I really be that open to, and transparent to staff, to people in business, or when someone calls you brother, he's going to freaking kill you with a knife next uh, next morning because he has to now do shit that only looks after him. I mean, these are the stuff that we have to be very careful. It's really coming down to what we said last week. Treat others the way you would want others to treat your elderly parents. Yeah, It's erosion of trust, and you can't over time. And that's, and that's how you end up in a... A situation where a lot of business owners or a lot of 
bosses get to a point where they they do start treating employees just as a number, a number, and and a meat factory because they've been burned so many times. And it does it, it does build and scar it, tissue, and I think that's very of, hard to get over. Takes a lot um, of constitute. It takes a lot of inner will. It's not a way to live, though. Well, it's not a way to live. Right. But again, because we're no, we're not animals, but we're still evolved to look after ourselves. If you keep getting burned over and over again, pretty soon you're going to stop putting your hand in the fire. Yeah. Pretty soon you are just going to protect that's right. yourself. That's right. No, you're right, mate. You're and, right. and it won't be, and, and the sad part about it is it won't be the person's fault who's actually copping the consequences. It'll be the 10 people before that who did that's shit right. the wrong way you're, you're right, mate. for that one person. But from a leader's standpoint, that's what we have to remember. When we start feeling like that and go, let's stop opening our house, our doors, our hearts to these people because they're just going to burn us anyway, don't punish the person that's in front of you now for the 10 people that came before you. And that can be the hard bit. Very wise yeah. words, Cam. Absolutely. No, it's, yeah, but, uh, it's hard. hard I've said it to TL a hundred times. I've said, said to TL many, 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 many times. I've said, how come you keep going back to the well with this person or that person or that situation? You know, it's been 10 years, 15 years. It's been that long. How long are you going to keep going back to the well? And he, he keeps going back because it's not that person's fault. It might be the 10 people before him and all that stuff. And we could all learn a lot from it. I just, and, yeah. and it's not about them. It's about me. Yeah. I mean, will, will I allow that person doing the wrong thing to change my values? Do I allow them to change the fact that, yes, my staff will always be close to me? I mean, these are the things, because if you did, then really your values were not so strong. I know you quite well. You don't give, once people cut those, top, those burn those bridges for you, you don't give them a second chance. No, I don't. Uh, I think that once they've done it, they have really valued me as worse than dirt. Do you not think people make mistakes and then need to learn by those and maybe uh, deserve a second chance. Yeah, I think so. But there's about 7 billion people on the planet. They can go and find their own likes and uh, I can go and find my own. Okay. It's a decision I made. Yeah, you, no, you, that's good. You don't, you don't really get to meet everyone on the planet. So if you can really meet like new people that create new experience rather than sometimes... You know, people say... You need to forgive and forget. I think there's there's no problem with forgiving. A lot of us is, and especially me, maybe I don't have the wisdom to forget. Okay. Because we've had that conversation before and it's like, that's it, you've made that decision. And I, and I actually respect that. I think uh, you're a lot harder than there's me. There's levels to things, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? There's levels to things. There's spilling blue vodka on someone's carpet. Oh, um. yeah. <laughs> At your place. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember Chris doing that at your place, <laughs> but first, but first he has to be invited. <laughs> I, think, I think there's two. There's th- levels to things. I'm, I'm Hang sort on, of so can we just stop there on the blue vodka? What's the point that he wasted vodka or it went on the carpet? What's the point? I'll ask the person whose carpet that got well, destroyed. By. I, I reckon it was the five days old carpet that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Brand new carpet and letting oh. kids have too many drinks from yeah. the good from the good show. <laughs> No, but there's, there's levels to things. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm one for... TL's better than me at forgiveness for certain things, but there are levels when you cross a mor- when you cross a value, when you show yourself to be someone that you can't be in the trenches with or can't be trusted, that's the end, mate. You can't forgive and forget that because once the trust is broken, you can, you'll never fully regain the trust. Yep. And that's not the relationship to have. Anyway, there's, if people are going to fuck you over in that sense... There's, there's a how, uh, saying that says how you do one thing is how you do everything. 
guaranteed if you've got a messy desk at work, you've got a messy place at home, and if you're late to this appointment, you'll be late to any appointment advice. But in a in a human sense, if you're willing to double-cross, backstab, undermine, betray someone who's been loyal to you for 10 years, yeah. there's a difference between um, you can forgive that, but that doesn't mean you let them back into your life because that's, you know, fool me once, shame on me, yeah. fool me twice, that's character. shame that on you. That's character. And you can't, yeah. I, I don't believe you, you should be giving those people as many chances as they want. Sometimes, you know, families, mate, families have it all the time and that's how so many families end up broken yeah. because even though they're blood, they all treat you in a way that, that, that isn't... And it comes back to that old saying, you will will be treated the way you allow people to treat you. Yeah. But by the way, the line was, what is it? Fool, fool me, me once, shame, shame on, on you. Yeah. Yeah. Fool, fool me twice, twice shame, shame on, on me. me. Yeah, got yeah. it backwards. But And that's that's the sort of, you can't let... Yeah, that's fair enough. The same reason you can't re-employ. That's why I said you're a few chromosome short. If you, if you have someone who leaves the wrong way and does stuff behind your back and you find out third hand and seems to have a sh- very short memory about all the loyalty you've shown, you can't re-employ them. You're an idiot if you do. Because, what? oh, I've learnt my lesson and I'll never do that again. Yeah, bullshit, until the grass gets greener again. Because usually it always happens when there's a grass is greener on the other side scenario. Yeah? This person's offered me more or... This per- we you know, I can see a better opportunity over there. So instead of going about that opportunity the right way, you do it the wrong way, and then you're going to re-employ that person? All right, so you know me, I'm Mr. Wanting to be keep everyone happy, right? What about if that person was a long-standing employee, made the wrong decision, and you feel that maybe you didn't do the best you could to keep them happy within the office at the time they were there? It's about how they leave, mate. Okay, fair enough. We can always be better, right? And any leader or boss who says they can't, again, is kidding themselves. We can always do things better. Yeah. But if that person chose not to speak about it, and that, that's where I separated it before, there's two conversations. The things that have been happening recently are people who don't have major gripes, just wanted to do something different. I, I, I think sometimes that people may leave on those in those circumstances for the fear of the retribution that they may, may get by bringing it up. Being, being employed by a boss or by a leader, I think that there's a, might be a bit of fear of retribution when they, you know, I'm not happy. Well, why aren't you happy? I'm, you know, I'm giving you everything you need, so to speak. You should be happy. You're getting everything. Again, you're talking about someone who's having trouble in the workplace and isn't happy. But We're talking what, about people who just want to change, just want to see a different opportunity. Okay, but at least to the same, reach at least a, to the re- same point. Reach a stage in life where they want to retire. Right, well, there's, a, there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. But what I'm saying is reaching that point where you've made that decision, whether it's to go off and do something different because you're happy in, within your job, is different to getting to that point wanting to leave into a, the same industry with another office. So that fear then is brought out by the, the short memory that Thomas is talking about, where you know don't don't tarnish the memories. If it, that's that's I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, having a book that's 300 pages long and judging the other 299 by the one page. If you've got a fear of retribution and you've been in a workplace where the leader's been loyal and looked after you and, and done everything okay. yep. in their best interest and then you're scared that having a conversation with them about wanting something to yep. change, yep. you've got a very fucking short memory about all the other stuff that's gone okay. before it. I agree with that. What on the flip side that you haven't been treated well? Yeah, and it's a different conversation, mate. I said last week, if sometimes if a boss is a boss and treats people like shit, then you're going to get what's coming to you. Okay. Right? That's We're not talking in that okay. essence. Still not overly bright for people to burn that bridge. You've got to try and be the bigger man and leave on good terms, if, if only for a reference, you know. But, yeah, you're, you're going to the negative of it and no one's happy and their boss is an arsehole so they want to leave. That's, 
as I said last week, the bosses still a lot of the time you're going to get treated the way you treated people. Yeah, we're talking the opposite of that. Okay, we're talking where you've had everything you've wanted for however long, and as soon as it doesn't suit you, you're willing to piss on everything that's gone before it, and that is what erodes the trust in people. If I have someone leave me, and I know that I haven't been doing the best I could do as their leader or boss or whatever, I take that on board. I know that, and I don't. There's no grudges held because I know that. I do everything I can for someone, and then they they betray or break the. Do you think there's Do you think there's leaders out there that don't know that? Well, they're not leaders then; they're bosses. Because one of the keys to leadership is self awareness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, man. You know, same and, as and I said last week. You know, whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, you know, deep down, your body's your body's too smart. All the shit you feed yourself, your body's too smart. You can tell yourself you're great all you want. If you're not really great, your body tells you. Yeah. You know. You know, you're feeding yourself full of shit just to pep yourself up. Well, I didn't do anything wrong, mate. You fucking know. Yeah, no, but it, it's also the intention. You know, if if you you're leaving someone and the intention was to hurt them, mainly because deep inside you're feeling jealous that they're leading a very happy life, that the, the leaders have uh, having a a bond that you probably try to get into but that you never have and you're leaving based on you know what i'm gonna show you that you need me i think it's wrong whether it's right or wrong i think it's wrong if you're leaving because you're not treated right yes so be it if you're leaving because you have different aspiration absolutely do that you should never let your motive be the decision maker one's getting better of how you treat people i meant yeah is yours warmer now is it better it's getting better I tell you what, guys, this the meat that I bought today, and that oh. yeah, I think so. Uh, unreal. Change the subject just for a Sorry. second. Mm. Wait, can we have some more wine because yeah, yeah, we, wine. We, we're not coming over here. Yeah, I can't reach it. You know that you can't win if we can't taste. Oh, it's getting very nice. Have a bit of the have a bit of the blue with it. I, I was I was thinking about this line. Uh, yesterday I was running a sales meeting and. Um, I was sharing with the team just one single line that I've realized over the past few weeks. Wisdom really is understanding that we have a choice. We have a choice between doing the right things the right way or taking the easy road. And I think that a lot of people take the easy road, not because it's easy, but because they think about themselves first. Right. And I truly believe that life is about a building of memories, building of stages, not a destruction of what you've had in order to put something new. It's short-sightedness, isn't it? It's not playing the long game. You can fuck up when you're 20. Just spoke about forgiveness and, and second chances and all that. I've had, I've had a million chances from a lot of people. Yeah. But the short-sightedness of doing... And that's because the fuck-ups have never been to fuck anybody over. It's never been to hurt anybody. It's just been dumb, age, lack of wisdom, lack of maturity. And that stuff you can fix. But if you burn all your bridges along the way or you do it for the wrong motives, there is no... You're going to have a whole life of that. And it's very, very short-sighted. Yeah. Now, now let's not blame just the, the, the person. Like Sometimes it is also the boss doing it wrong. There are some bosses, for example, I, gi- I just give an example, who are so greedy that it's all about them. The team can win, but they have to win 10 times more. The team can get a dollar, but they have to have $10 more. There's such an element of greed, for example, that would provoke the worst in team members. So in that respect, sometimes we, we can't just blame the salesperson leaving or, or the team member leaving. Uh, sometimes we also have to look at what the leader is doing. Yeah. yeah? And, and that's a beautiful thing. This, this week, for example, I have done a podcast of Tamika Smith 
and she's a director in a company in Tasmania, and she's mainly into uh, property management. She's won the REB this year again, second year in a row, and she's won like more awards that I, that I have ever won. I have to tell you, th- this this woman here is a walking encyclopedia of all these years that I've been trying to teach. She, for example, has the policy of no awards or rewards for the team each quarter. She does not believe in having an awards each quarter inside the team. And it makes sense. I have four children. Would I have each quarter a competition and an award that I give one of my children for being the best child of the quarter? When I hear that, I go, yes, this is the person who's understanding that each individual has got their own weaknesses and strength. And, and you as a father or mother, you have to bring up the best. In, in the team members. Makes sense, yeah. So when you have team, teams that are, for example, uh, always celebrating their, the best performers, quite often in a small business, it's always the same people winning. So it's always the same people being punished. Yeah. Right? I did another sales meeting yesterday where in the recognition time, you had everyone clapping for the listing agent or the selling agent. And I thought, who created the lead? Yeah. And when I turned that question onto his head and we found out that there was a, a lady, Benchy, who created five leads for listings for the week, that was the person we should have celebrated. That's the person you should recognize. And when I did that, she was beaming and the team really recognized, don't worry too much about how much you're winning because always at the end of the day, maybe somebody else has contributed to your success, yeah. you know? And it reminds me, I, I spoke to a guy who said to me, oh, you know, over the last 10 years, you know, I've done this. No, no, no. Recognize the village that it took to build you to that level, yeah. right? Don't be just a sack of idiot thinking that you did it by yourself. And so it's the same thing for a salesperson winning. It's the same thing week in, week out. However, week in, week out, who do we upload? You got the listing. You got the sale. That is disgusting. I think that a real leader should switch them off and say, who got the lead? Because without the lead, there is no listing. Mm. Right? Then you foster a very different environment. Then you have a different culture. Then you don't wake up in people either the feeling of not being desired here, not being liked, or not even being appreciated. Then they don't have to leave you trying to hurt you along the way. Because that ignites th- those uh, six human needs, right? Yeah, not only that, the uh, the saboteurs, the hidden players right. that we talked about. Do you get many claps, Chris? No, mate. <laughs> Especially okay? not from Cam Wilson. <laughs> you okay, buddy? Second goal, man. Especially <laughs> not from Cam Wilson. <laughs> it, uh, I don't need the kudos, mate. I'm just surprised you haven't had a shot at my shirt because it's a Wisebury issue. Yeah. So I knew you weren't going to. It's not Singapore. I don't know when that one, I didn't have that one with the black trim. We got grey ones for, where did we get grey ones for? I don't know. I, don't I like the shirt, mate. Yeah. I don't like your attitude, though. Oh, what, Come the, on, buddy. What, no. the, the fact Come that on. I don't want to be a punching bag? Now, there are people who are going to be leaving an organisation in order to build their own business. So And some that won't. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, Yes, there are. What about them? What do we do? Because let's imagine they go to their leader and say, well, I'm about to leave to build my own show. What do you do as a leader? Take a deep breath. <laughs> be the first thing. Because it can be, I imagine it's a bit of a shock when it happens if you don't know it's happening. 
and you can react. Uh, I guess how you react the first time is going to be um, either either help or hinder things moving forward. So I think the reaction will come down to whether the person's a leader or a boss. I think that reaction will come down. I think a, someone with the proper vision will see an opportunity there with that staff member and saying, "Well, okay, let's do that together. Let's go out and uh, build build absolutely and, yeah. and, and build it together." Hundred percent right. However, the very first reaction, if you've got a five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar performer come to you, like it's, you're still going to take a deep. You need to take a deep breath and realise that it's an opportunity, not a not a hindrance. That's I think I'm you're a fucking idiot if you think that person's going to be there forever to start with, which we just touched on. Right, yeah. I, I, and for if for a lead performer to come to their their leader and say, oh, "I want to my own show," and that leader to be surprised, going, "Oh, what am I going to do now?" They're an idiot. That leader should be shot because... Shot? No, seriously, to be thinking that person can just will continually perform and bring dollars into the line their pockets and not want their own thing, I think it's ludicrous. They need to see the value in that person and say, well, okay, we can go from making... Um, it, it, turning, you know, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000 a year around with this person to making two or $3 million having a show together in combination with them. Yep. Um, and I think the short-sightedness... Of that, the fear of loss or whatever you want to call it, we know of one of our leaders that in, embraces their staff members when they put their hand up and says, "I want my own show." Go right now. Let's go and find something. We'll go and find something together. I mean, Cam, you did it as a as a, uh, as, a as a staff member, as a salesperson, and you were doing very well. You put your hand up and said you want your own show, and and your leaders jumped in at that time, right? Yeah, but they had a deep breath. What I'm what I'm saying is, I'm not everything you've said is 100 percent correct. Yeah, there's still going to be that split second moment. From a leader or a boss or whatever, unless you've been in the game for a long, long time or, or it's happened before, where you go, oh, shit. And I'm sure there would have been, to my leaders at the time, a moment of, oh, shit, but they took a deep breath. We had a conversation a day later, not on the spot. That's what I'm saying, mate. You take the deep breath to realise everything that you've just said. Look, I'm not a leader and I might be naive in saying this. And I, and I honestly think I might be naive in saying this, presumptuous. If you're a, if you're a leader of a business with a lead salesperson... You should have that succession plan in place and not wait for that person to come to you. Oh, if I've been in my business turned three last week, right? It's so if I if if I had a performer who in, in that younger business came to me and said, I want to do my own thing, I would have a moment of oh shit. Because you're, you're three years old, mate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, mate. We're so talking you're, about a business not no, three not. Year old. We never we never said what business, who it was, would say, what if you had a top performer who wanted to do their own thing? I, I, I don't think you'd have a, a, a top performer in that sort of a business within three years. It's, Five, it, ten. There's a mindset, mate. We're not arguing. We're actually yeah. agreeing. I'm just saying there's got to be a moment of reflection because your first reaction, your very first initial reaction is going to be, oh, shit. I'll put you in a leader's point of view, mate. All we do is try and build a team of performers, okay, because we get into business yep. to make profit. Yep. The way we make profit is by creating a team of performers. You finally get one. You've worked hard. You've fucked up a few teams because you're learning your leadership. You finally get your performer. Maybe you're really lucky and you get two, all right? But a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of fuck-ups and a lot of losing people has gone before that. You finally get one they come to you and go, I want to go and do my own thing. There's going to be a moment of, oh, shit, okay? That is going to happen. That isn't something for you to get upset about. Everything else you've said is 100% right. But everything we do as a business owner or should be doing, is trying to grow a team. We don't get into business to work the rest of our lives. We get into business to grow a team yeah, of people enough. who will work for I guess us. I'll see the two sides of it. What right. about those owners that have that oh shit moment and go, well, no, I, I don't want you to go out? Then 
there in your court where you seem to be getting fired up about it, yeah. where they're fucking idiots. I'm not fired up. I'm just fucking you're, got an opinion, mate, yeah, You're very passionate See, about it. Well, I've just got an opinion, mate. Fired, nothing wrong with being, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being fired up. But that's... that's. I the, just think people need to have these these understandings, these plans, these... You, you can't have that plan after oh. 12 months, mate. You won't. No, I... Yeah, I see what you saying. don't have that plan after three not years. Everyone's you in don't. Your position, Ken. No, but I'm I'm pointing another side of the coin because you're, you're you're you've got this idea in your head about what all business leaders are, and if anyone comes to you and wants to do their own thing, and you dare stumble on it, they're a fucking moron. That's not the case, mate. It can't be the case, right? If you've got performers who can clearly go and do their own thing, and you've got the mindset to go, we can make a lot more money doing this, they're going to end up on the side of the coin that you want them on. I'm not arguing with you on that. But okay. there's still going to be an oh shit moment. You can't always plan for it, mate. If it's never happened to you before, like in the instance I just got, a lot of businesses spend a lot of years trying to find a top performer. The best leaders grow top performers like fruit hanging off a tree, right? And that's where we're all trying to get to. But a lot of people spend a lot of time and to finally get one and to them come and say, I want to do my own thing, you're going to have shit going through your brain, mate. Now, the end result is what's important, that you take the deep breath you don't answer the question straight away because sometimes the answer isn't going to be what you're really thinking. It's going to be bred out of fear, out of loss. Holy shit, I'm going to lose. Your first thought to be, I'm going to lose $700,000 a year if that's what the person's producing, right? So someone walks into your office and says, I want to take $700,000 a year out of your business. It's never happened to you before. That's going to be a, a but moment. Cam, I think it's naive in thinking that a three-year-old business is going to have a performer making seven hundred no, grand a not, year. Yeah, I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I, I do understand. Trying to put you in the head of someone who's paying the bills, mate, and has, has right. worked their right. whole thing no to get the right. the money coming in. Right now, if if they don't realise that they can make three million dollars on the other end of it by going with this person and making a new show, then you're a hundred percent correct. They're an idiot, but they're not an idiot for having to think about it for five seconds. Is what I'm saying. That, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I said. What I said is, if these people haven't already thought the process, if they've got a, a top performer in their office that's been there and they would have been there not overnight, they've already had an established would have had to establish themselves. I don't know, twelve, eighteen, two years, two years into the industry. If that performer come to them, they should have already had that succession plan thought in their mind before that person come to them. That's what I'm saying. That thought process should have already gone through their head. If you're a, a leader in a business and that top performer, it's not he's not been there for a week, that top performer would have been there for two, 18 months, two years as a minimum to get where he's at. I think those leaders need to would have had that thought of progress for that person. I think a small-mindedness of the person of the leaders if they haven't had that pro, um, thought process. Yeah, but let's let, let's talk it this way in a different context, boys, rather than just in our sales context or our small business context. What's happening with Victoria for the moment, and how how is that leader really looking after the little operators in his state? He's not. Not at all. I've got a lot of problems with Victoria at the moment, <laughs> but they're, they're not exactly. No, but let, let's talk about it in that context, right? So. so I'm, I'm a small operator, so I'm an employee yeah. of the, uh, the Chinese premier, Daniel Andrews. How do, I, how do we deal with this? Well, you can't. You can't. Revolution, mate. Yeah. So you're right. So business, business, small business people, big business people, they are, in, in essence, employees of the government because they're responsible for all the tax revenue they make because they're paying the wages for all the income tax to go, yada, yada, yada. By shutting down all the businesses, they're actually hurting themselves more than helping themselves. But couple of things concern me this week. The one you guys probably know about is that he's trying to make it a 12-month state of emergency in yeah. Victoria. I heard it was passed. 
oh, I haven't seen today, but they weren't going to pass okay. it. He was going to have yeah. to jump through a few hoops. But he's, he's obviously had too many drinks from the uh, wine bottle of power, Mr Andrews, because he's, he's <laughs> trying to give himself 12 more months of taking people's freedoms from them. Something else is going to get a bit a bit heavy, but something else come across my radar yesterday. And at the end of last year, Tasmania and Northern Territory governments changed a law that had been in since the early 1900s that said that if you're a victim of a sex crime, so if you're a victim of a pedophile or a rape or anything, uh, the law said that you couldn't... If that person got found guilty of it, you couldn't go public with information you couldn't identify yourself and you couldn't tell your story so you couldn't go and name even though the pedophile priest might be in jail you couldn't name the pedophile priest it was illegal and you could go to jail for it and you could get fined massive amounts of money so at the end of last year Tasmania and Northern Territory realizing it was a hundred year old law that wasn't relevant to today's society repealed that law changed that law got rid of that law February this year Victoria introduced that law and as it stands right now, if in a, in a state that had 77,000 sexual assaults last year, if you're a victim of that, you are not allowed to identify yourself, you're not allowed to talk to a news outlet, you're not allowed to talk to a magazine, well. you're not allowed to say what happened to you. People who have already written books about their experiences to help other people have had to take their books off the shelf. People who are in advocacy groups to help survivors of... Um, and Victoria's got the largest contingent of pedophile clergy that church has gone through it, they can now face four months in jail and between three and ten thousand dollars in fines for telling their own story if they want to do it they have to apply for a court order the minimum cost of that's ten thousand dollars what the that's, fuck is going on in victoria at the moment it scares the shit out i'm concerned because i mean obviously it's fucking horrible but he was just about to get done for corruption all of a sudden coronavirus breaks out again they're in stage four lockdowns they've got 8 p.m curfews he's trying to extend that for 12 months his power to do that to people. And it, it's not now, it happened just... Be, but they did it very fucking quietly. They introduced a law where victims of crime can't tell their own story. Who are we protecting? Who are we... What are, what are we actually... What the fuck is going on in that state at the moment? Yeah. And it, it, I sort of sat there last night and I, I don't know how to feel. It's concerning. Concerning is the word that comes to mind. But, I mean, I feel for all the people down there. Luckily, we haven't got there yet. But are we going that way? You know, when we said that this COVID stuff was happening and, and once we gave all these people this power over us, they'd never relinquish it. Well, he seems to be going the opposite way. Not only is he not going to relinquish it, he's going to squeeze it for every fucking thing he's got. He can't relinquish something that he would lose straight away. So right now, I think he's playing a very good political game because right now he knows nobody really wants him back. Nobody really likes him. What he's trying to do is to play the game where if he comes up with some kind of rules that the virus is going to be on his side over the next 12 months and make him feel or look good at one stage, but he's going to say, see, I told you, I told you, it did work. And so he's playing that game, you know, just as much as Comrade Palaché has done it uh, up north, he's trying to play that game. I, I think that for me, it is more the story of a leader who's not really looking after his constituents, his employees per se, inverted commas. And so what should the employee do? This is the bit that we have to be uh, asking ourselves, you know, we, you, do you sit there <coughs> in a pseudo kind of dictatorship where a guy like this just tells you, well, who gives a shit about your business? I'm going to lock you down. That's where we're heading. It is a, it's not even a pseudo dictatorship. It, it's almost a, it's a dictatorship. Yeah. And what we've, a got, one. what we've got to do, 
Well, it's legal because of how corrupt the system is and people who weren't elected or were won a popularity contest are the ones approving the laws. That's the only reason it's legal. It's not... They didn't ask the people. They didn't ask us or the Melbourne Victorians, but we're all in this together is the fucking quote, so yeah. why not? But we've what, what's got to happen is we've got to find a balance between that and then what's going on in America at the moment because that place is crumbling. They've finally got fed up. They've finally been dictated too long enough in their heads by the police and it's on again for young and old because they shot a bloke seven times in the back and paralysed him while he, he was unarmed and in a car with his three kids, so... That place is going bonkers, but people, people, power is is the only way anything's going to affect real change. And unfortunately, it looks like it might have to get messy for it to have any real effect because you can sign all the petitions in the world, they don't work. Well, no. Bendigo last night there was a uh, a gathering in Bendigo of people who just wanted to rebel against the the uh, lockdown. Mm. Police were called in and uh, they were cordoning off streets and it. I mean, obviously, didn't get to rights or anything, but yeah, they didn't look good. No, but that's the, the streets. Of how do we fix it? Thomas talks about a revolution. It is kind of what's going to be required, yep. but it's you'd, you'd hope it could be done in a way somewhere between where we're at now and somewhere where America is, because they're they're the falling apart. You just had I don't know. You guys probably don't follow the NBA, but. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks, because Milwaukee, Wisconsin is where the latest shooting was. They yep. just refused to walk onto the field for Game Five of the NBA Finals. They're not. They refused to play the game um, wow. in protest. Great friend of the show, Joe Rogan's been talking in his last few podcasts about how every great empire through history has collapsed and crumbled and now no longer exists. And he's sort of talking like America's the next one to go. The the great empire that is the USA, it's it's fallen apart. Um, and it's because people with voices weren't listened to or heard or, or um, castigated for having their opinion. So now they're pulling out guns and just fucking burning everything down. That's I don't know how Rome fell. I probably should know, but it's it's all Rome fell mainly because the dictator, the emperors, were actually looking after themselves as leaders rather than, than the welfare of the whole group. And I think that that's where, going back to a business now, leaders, if they were sharing the pot of gold along the way with people, and at the right time saying to people, hey, listen, it's time now to open another show. Why wouldn't you come with me? I think they'd do way better. But the, the problem is that with a lot of leaders, they're either looking after their own family, their own blood, or their own pocket. They actually create the problem. If I was a manager, or if I was a salesman, Thinking about leaving, I probably would approach my leader and tell them, if he was a leader, if he was a boss, obviously you have to keep it hidden. And I would probably tell them, listen, I am planning on going very soon. And I want you to know so that now you and I can focus on building the champion that will replace me. I think I would do it that way. Rather than just leave and create a void, I probably leave with a person to take over the role. Because once you've done it, then your conscience is clear. I don't believe in someone step sitting up and then saying, now I'm about to do my own thing. You better have your own agenda. You better have your own, what is it? You should have looked after these contingency plans. No, if I leave, these people here have given me the opportunity. I owe it to these people to do it right. And that is by replacing myself with someone who's going to do about the same. When I went and had my conversation with Chad, Paul was in hospital at the time, but my words were, I need to see a plan for the next 12 months. And in my head, I had sales manager in my head, not opening an office. I'm like, I need to see a plan for progression for the next 12 months because I don't want to just be 
doing what I'm doing. Yep. I'd just come out of the illness while I was still in the illness. That was the conversation God had. Now that manifest that snowballed into six weeks later signing a lease on a on an office. But the conversation was it wasn't I'm going anywhere. It was mate. I need to know what the plan is for the next six to twelve months because I need to I need to progress. I need to see where I'm going. And if that's the conversation that's had, then there is no oh shit moment. There's a let's sit down and, and nut it out. And then did they have a 12, six to twelve month plan for you? They, I don't think they did, mate, at the time. But I don't know. That's probably not fair. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Chad, Chad's one of the best I've ever come across. It not having, if he's having an oh shit moment, he doesn't publicise it. He just goes, okay, mate. Well, let's let's talk. I know he he rang PK in hospital, and I think PK had an oh shit moment, but the bloke <laughs> had just had a heart attack, so that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> Then we gave him a second one, but there was never a threat to leave. There was never a, you know, you owe me anything. Yeah. And I consider that the right way to do it. I yeah. don't, it, it snowballed into having my own show and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. But all it was, and I guess that's uh, the lesson for, for other leaders in that is is if you've got plans, include your top performers in them and, and share them with them so they're not always wondering where, where the next go is. And I said that once... The first seminar I ever went to was was um, Port Douglas, and I said to Paul and Chad, mate. And in that time, in that office, we had a couple of top performers. It wasn't just me; there was a couple of other people who were doing really, really well. And a bit of dissent, a bit of toxicity in the office, and all of it. A lot of it was because what happened behind closed doors happened behind closed doors. There was no transparency about what the business was doing, where the business was heading. And we sat in and we did that day of fucking spreadsheets, which almost killed me because I can't keep up with numbers that quickly but I remember grabbing them beside the pool and going if you explained half of this to the rest of the team you'd have absolutely everyone on your side everyone would know where they're going everyone would know what they're doing everyone would know why they're getting yelled at to knock on 150 doors a day because you, you see a bit of figures and that, I think there's a lesson in that for maybe it shouldn't get to the point where someone's got to ask what's the plan maybe if there are plans or, or there can be a collaborative effort that makes that conversation much easier all right, I'm going to pause you there, mate. What are we going? We're going. What? There's well, it's two Shirazes. Yeah, okay. What do you do? The last comes last, so I'm going to mine one. Um, mine's a 2011. You haven't opened it, mate. So Howard Park, Scottsdale. It's from Western Australia. 2011. Maybe you should go with mine first. 2011, mate. That's younger. That hasn't had time to breathe either. You need to get All the right. cork we'll out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thomas is there. No, no, mate. Yours, go, yours came last. Oh shit! This has got a cork. Mate, yours mate, came. Might be good. <laughs> yours came last. Go like, with yours. Go with yours. Chris, last week wasn't a case of yours came last because it was last. Yours came last last week because even you had Which, trouble swallowing it. Now, look, it was right. It was okay wine. It wasn't freaking. It was a. Uh, if you're in a rush home and you're pulling into Liquorland because you want a couple of drinks before you go to sleep, it was one of them. It wasn't a. Look, the price didn't dictate the value. <laughs> the taste, can I tell you? I, I reckon the... Um, it doesn't always, mate. If you were thirsty in the middle of Sahara, you wouldn't even <laughs> wonder why. <laughs> yeah, because the red of the dry yet anyway. No, the, the price doesn't dictate anything. No, if no, if I anything, know, we've... Know. Sh- well, except when you start going into the premium ones. When we were doing the $100 bottles, you couldn't compare that to what we're, we're drinking now. Oh, well, every now and then we have to do that, you know. We were talking about last week maybe having a Facebook Live on the jab, but we had to cancel it because really the jab was a, nothing else but a, a bit of a test from uh, ScoMo oh, to see what it was going to be all right. Yeah, you know? but hey, we got a... Cheers, got, boys. Cheers. Ooh. You just reminded me about something on the... Needs a bit of time. You just reminded me something about the jab. 
Crusoe might be able to comment on this. The Archbishop comes out and says, well, Catholics are going to have a problem because the jab's made from cells of aborted... It was aborted fetuses. And he come out and said, well, this is going to create a mo- huge moral dilemma for anyone who's religious. They also said no sex before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, <laughs> they also said no sex with children. What a thing to come that, out... Oh. Well, well, in Victoria, you'll never get found out. So fucking have at it. But um, no, you didn't hear that. No, it made news for two or three days. The, the Archbishop of the Catholic. Don't Diocese. get me started on religion, man. There's a whole other topic that I want. Don't want to go on air. But no, it's not about. It's not. I'm not. No, I'm very religious, but it's not meant to be a religious to topic. Church, but what a subject. what a stupid thing to say. Yeah. You just started the subject, and then you say don't talk. Re- religion has been bastardized by men. Uh, as simple as that. Um, I think it's uh, turned it into a business. I've got a religion. My religion, I believe in the universe. That's, <laughs> that's my religion. That's my God. No, I believe in the universe. Are you you're believe in that. Yeah, that's that right. Shit. No, Don't that's you right. talk you, about my universe. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a description of the universe the other day. It's uh, uni is one and verse is song. So the one song. Yeah. I, I heard that the other day. And we're cool. all in this <laughs> together. That's the one song. Uh, look, I think religion's become a, bi- a, a business, and it is. It's a business, and um, they do things for their own agenda. Um, so what have they got to be gained by saying, I mean, I don't want people taking this fucking Ramming their own beliefs that's written a book that men have bastardised for centuries and centuries. saying you The Book of Mormon. <laughs> I didn't go see that play. I he should, did I find the tablets. I really wish. I oh, really mate, wish I it was one of the greats. If you haven't seen Book of Mormon and you get the chance, get on it. Get on Didn't it. Didn't get there, unfortunately. We went there the day after one of our awards nights. I was still the drunkest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> and the first song is something to do with uh, God being a see you next Tuesday. <laughs> and the old dear that was sitting next to me. <laughs> Not my wife. <laughs> the elderly <laughs> The elderly lady sitting next to me looked like absolutely mortified. She was covering her mouth, and I was I was half pissed still. So I was like, "Ah, <laughs> go and see that that uh, musical. Very good. Why come out and say something so fucking stupid? Significance. They haven't got people showing up to their um, Sunday masses at so the moment. So not one of them's come out and said, "Don't rape little boys, but don't take a vaccine because it's got aborted fetuses in it." We've I, gone I, down I know a rabbit hole. I know bit, we're being crude, bit. but uh, <laughs> listen, man. I think that in the end, people sometimes work around their agenda more than just talk about topics. And I think that the wine and wisdom is about talking about topics. We know shit, and but we're ready to talk shit about shit. So we know a lot of shit about shit. And, 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 and shit I think it's, shit a, it's a great opportunity two. for us to show our wisdom. Right? About shit. That's right. <laughs> So let's go back to now uh, creating your own business. Like some people, they have a business and because of the way that they're thinking, really, they, n- they don't have anything else but a glorified kind of a job. That's, yeah. And that's, and that's uh, uh, something that I was thinking the other day about yeah. people that open a business and, and they, be, they stay a salesperson and they don't grow into a leadership role. And, and that's where we get that boss mentality. It's someone who opens a business to actually grow a business and give those people the awards, the benefits of being part of that business. And like you said, Cam, so a leader that's not scared to share and be transparent with transparent with the figures. You got to start from the very beginning. The very beginning is a basic understanding of what the word business means. All right. Now, there's a book called The E-Myth and The E-Myth Revisited that someone made me read a long, long time ago, and it made me realise that my gym that I was running 
my business that I was running. I had, I think we got to 19 jobs by the time we finished it because I was the cleaner, I was the marketeer, I was the receptionist, I was the personal trainer, I was the... And the list went on and yep. they, they, it was a rude, rude shock when you were fucking hell, not only do I not own a business, I've got 19 jobs. Yep. Michael Gerber wrote the book though? Yeah, 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 I think it was okay. a Gerber book. Yep. But there was the E-Myth and then the E-Myth Revisited is the mm-hmm. latest version and, and I implore anyone to have a read of it anyway. Even uh, you know, sole traders who think they've got a business don't have a business. Business is a team of people with a common goal and business is about profit. That's, that's what we're in business for. If, if you Opening an office doesn't make you a business. Opening an office if you're on your own or you've got a personal assistant makes you a commission-only agent who's got massive fucking overheads. Absolutely. In, in a real estate sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Opening a gym didn't make me a business owner, even though I used to puff my chest out and say, I own my own gym business. It made Not me to a, your wife. It made me a... No, 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 that didn't... No. <laughs> nearly, no. She would have been... <laughs> She'd have been, I'd already met her and she would have been quite happy for me to stay a personal trainer at Fitness First where my rent was $350 a week to Fitness First, not five grand a month to hire a shell of an industrial, you know. Yeah, and right. Understanding that that business and working for yourself are two completely fucking different things is the start of it. So people that open a business to start with, and look, you know, you can speak from experience and I can't, it's more of a question. You've had a business before, mate, don't be stupid. Oh, that's true, that's true. Opening a business, there's got to be a point where you need to be an employee of that business and then you will transition into an, a leadership role. If you're starting from absolute scratch and you don't have a team around you or you're not bringing a team or you're not buying a team, if you're not buying an existing enterprise, you are a glorified commission-only agent. Yeah. With massive overheads, essentially. But you've got to understand that that's not what you're there for. I know, and I've said it many, many times on this podcast, my goal is to get to a point where I can work by choice, not by necessity. Yep. The only way I'm going to do that is to grow a team underneath me who is providing enough income to for me to have that luxury. Okay. So everything I do is based around that. You wouldn't think it sometimes when you see some of the silly fucking mistakes I make, but that is the goal, and you have to have that goal in mind. If it's just about... You don't open a real estate office to make more commission. You go and hire a desk off someone and be a commission-only agent and get a stupid split. There's some silly splits going around at Absolutely. the moment. There's 80, 20s and 90s, 10s. And wow, if, really? If all you're after is more commission, you go and do that. But you'll be working for the rest of your life because as soon as you stop, the money stops. Getting better? That's one of Chris's. I'm not sure. <laughs> now, maybe it has passed its age. Where'd you get this? The oxidization yeah. is is happening very quickly. The that picture, yeah, of I've got yours, the picture, that picture of yours. Open up your WhatsApp, actually, mate. Shut it's up. actually happening very quickly. But listen, so I, I think that moving from being an employee to being a business person is very simple. It's the moving from thinking I to thinking us, from thinking myself to thinking the team. Mm-hmm. It is a simple thing, but it's not easy. From me to we, yeah. As I said, it's simple, but it's not easy. Because in order to go from I to we, you have to be able to do things such as growing. As you grow, you be able to just take the, on that path. If you go in as I and you expect other people to grow around you, but you remain the same, mm-hmm. there's no, no. business. Okay. No. It's still I, but I now with other eyes around me. That's, a, that's 100% where I ended up. I had all the best intentions in the world and I'm, I'm going to be a great trainer and I'm going to grow all these people, but 
I'm one of the blokes who Thomas mentioned before where if someone dared make a sale in front of me, whatever came over me to squash that so I could keep my ego satisfied. And I did it many, many times without realising it. But you soon realise when you burn through a team and then burn through another team. But that's, yeah, it's simple in its um, logic. Like we say, it's simple to just do the right thing. But apparently the execution is a lot harder. It's not easy. It's it's not easy to do. So the transition from... Salesperson to business owner. Mm-hmm. If um, if there's people out there thinking about opening their own business, yeah, is it one of your thoughts were to hub and sub? Would you suggest to go that? Would you suggest to go and get yourself a small office and start with a, a, a receptionist and a bench? No, what no, would you I, I I don't think so. It it's, it depends on the person. Just as much as there are some people who learn to swim by reading a book first on learn how to swim in 10 lessons. Once I read the book, they go and get some lessons and then they start from the shallow end. Other people just go in and dive in the just deep end. Just dive in, go baby. So we know where depend, depending on the kind of person, they have a very different journey. When I train salespeople, some salespeople need to be picked up and I would upload them for not much. I would be there to really urge them on when they've done something, they've achieved something very small. Others, even if they have achieved something fantastic, I, I don't upload. And and that is the ability to recognize different kind of people and working with them. And that means you need to grow. And growing, it's not about growing up as a person, it's also growing up as a leader who's able to read different kind of personality in their team. After all, that's what it is. I was speaking to a leader not so long ago, I said to him, what kind of business do you think we're in? And he said, we're in the business of selling houses. No, you're in business of people. Yeah. And so if you're in the business of people, when was the last time you read a book about people? How many books about people have you read lately? I've read le- lots of people magazines. <laughs> Remember them? <laughs> well, you know how to lead some people. <laughs> do you know what people magazine is, TL? It doesn't do, exist I do. Anymore. I saw that in, in, uh, just by your bedside the other day. Mate, when I was 14 and it didn't have the plastic on it in the news agency, give me those biker chicks. We're all over. <laughs> Girl next door. Oh, the guys know what we're talking about. If you know what you're getting into the business for, that will go a long way to helping you in the early stages. Like I said before, a lot of people will think. Okay, so when you say getting into the business for, do you mean ultimately, for, for example, you want to work by choice, not by demand? Yep. But there'll be people who think the only way to make more commission or work for themselves is to open an, a biz, or start a business in air quotes. That's not the right motive. Right. Because if you go in with that motive and your motive is, I want to make more money, yes, we only have a business for... Essentially, in, in the cold-hearted truth, there's no good having a business if it's not profitable. You are in the business to make money. But if you're going, your only reason for opening the business is to make a bit more comm, you're, you're in shit to start with and you're not going to grow a team because soon you're going to have to pay that team comp and that's yeah. not going to, you're not going to like that. What what happens when you get there is a completely different thing, but why you make the jump to start with is... is some people are, are destined to be lone wolves and some people can make a very good... A lot of people make a very, very, very good living just being commission-only agents and, yeah. and can, you know, if they do right with the money they've got, they could probably set themselves up. Until they're sick? Yeah, until, until they it, have to go away on holiday? Well, that's what I said. They're going to be working for the rest of your life. Mm. Yeah, we, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about that guy we sat with. He could, 
he's making very, very good money as a commission-only agent. He can't bring himself to see the benefit to attaching a business to his name when not only would he make double, triple, quadruple the money, he could have a fucking day off. So your motives for getting into it is, is a great starting point and then it's a steep learning curve from there. You, you, some people are born to be employees too. If no one on the earth was born just to be an employee, there wouldn't be... Too many chiefs don't need for Indians. You know, where there are some jobs, there are some people who are just destined to and happy with get paid by the hour. So I think that, you know, personally, as a leader too, you have to have an agenda that is about the team, an agenda that is really for the well, well-being of the whole, the whole group, I mean by that, you know. The journalists right now, why is it that we don't seem to be really believe them? And we had a journalist here on our podcast. And <laughs> I've got a funny story. I, I, I look at what they're doing for the moment, the journalists. They as write bags at the people that they are trying to study or interview or re- report. You know, you look at them, they're going to have to have a culture. And I think we, we've been talking about so far, if, if really I could condense or summarize in one word, whether it is leader, team, or someone working for themselves, it's all about the culture. Can I go from a culture of I to a culture of we? My children's school have had a few suicides lately. They actually had two suicides happening within two weeks in year 12. And the bloody journalists have been going around trying to ask parents, also trying to uh, SMS the year 12 girls around late at night on their phone, trying to dig in and get questioning. Is that the agenda you have? What is your agenda? Is your agenda to help young people get better? When we know that young people who at around that age have got a lot of things, issues to go through. They, the hormones no longer in the head. It's somewhere about three foot from the ground. And so because the hormones there, they, they, the faculty to think and dance around uh, the logical thinking is, is inexistent. Yeah. So do you try to help them find a meaning because it's very difficult then to find a meaning or do you just try to stir the pot around midnight on some other people's phone some kids phone in order to get your interview your agenda get get your point across so that you can have your name to an article and then move forward so these are the things too when we talk about small business or or a business what is the purpose of the leader is it to make money for myself or is it to make money for all of us I mean, in real estate, it's about making money. It's about helping people move. But ultimately, come on, let's let's We're stop in business to make profit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it, it shouldn't feel bad to say no, it. That, but you don't well, without a profitable business, there is no business to start with. To yeah. start with, yeah, simple. Just on that, I saw a headline the other day: the suicide cluster in North and Sydney grows to nine. So they've attached all the, the suicides that you're talking about, and they've somehow linked nine of them together. Which I thought the headline was disgusting, but it's a bit of a I agree 100%. There's, there's ways of going about stuff, which we've spoken about. But does part of you, does any part of you, and given that your girls are going through that almost, you know, pretty directly, is part of you glad that it's been brought to the public light? Because I know, you know, I was aware of that information a few weeks ago now and I only saw the headline two or three days ago. So people are hiding away from that stuff and that, that, that needs to be... I mean, I've, I've been a big advocate for mental health for a long, long time, but 
I know they've gone about it the wrong way by doing that shit, but the articles needed to come out. People need to be aware of what's going on. They'd yeah, they need to be aware, but how you obtain that thing is the yeah. way, which is the same thing we spoke at the beginning. Yeah, it's doing Moving right. on with your life is one thing, how you do it, and, and we, which really goes back to what we spoke about yeah, last, last week, week yeah, podcast, right? falls into the Doing same thing. things yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I think it's right that, but I'd say if I... I, I had a listing appointment with a journalist yesterday. It was it was interesting because he had a beautiful wine rack. So so we started off talking about wines. And I said, oh, you know, it's talking about wines. I said, oh, I do a podcast during the week with Wine and Wisdom where we drink wine and talk rubbish. And I said, well, what do you do for work, Simon? He said, I'm the editor for SBS. And I said, don't fucking listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost my listing. <laughs> I said, oh, why? And then the wife joined in and um, she works for a bank. I said, don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> oh, because of all the misinformation and this and that. And I said, yeah. I said, we've got some opinions about it. And that's, he said, oh, but no, it was it a was funny story. But I get what you're getting at. You want to be you want to be glad that that – I'm, for one, I'm glad – well, it's disappeared as long as it's come up. They've written that headline that nine kids have killed themselves and nothing's been said about it, nothing's been done, nothing – But will that shine a light on the 90,000 that needs help? But what it proves is yeah. – what it proves is – what I was going to say is even though they were doing it the wrong way, you would hope they were doing it with the right intention, but they've proven by the fact that it was one headline mentioned once that they weren't even doing it with the right intention because otherwise there'd be follow-up and more people would be talking about it. They were clearly just doing it to get a scoop or to get the headline instead of raising the point that fucking nine kids have just killed themselves within the space of three or four weeks and they're, they're trying to draw links between the two, but there was two from the same year at the same school, Thomas where the girls go. So unfortunately... We talked to Nick about it. They'd rather just get paid for a headline than actually do any good in the world, and that's that's sad. So in the end, it's the individual's agenda sometimes that takes over the real purpose, right? It's a bit like the politician joining the ranks of other politicians or getting into politics in order to save the world, but really, after a few days, they didn't dare to save their seat. Right? We, we understand that. And so what does it take? How does an individual move away from the mass, if you will, and start following their conscience? How do they do it? Yeah, look, the, I think this brings us back to a huge cycle from when one of our first podcasts about, and we used to say that people who have a voice get, and I think you brought it up about on Facebook, people shout you down all the time. It's like almost a hopeless situation. A lot of people feel like it's a hopeless situation trying to get their opinion and trying to get change in because the masses will go with sort of that uh, popular theme for the time. And if you've got a, a, a thought process that's left the field of what they think, you get shouted down and uh, um, sort of shut you out. You just opened a can of worm, mate. Cam, Cam was waiting <laughs> no, for, no, that, no. for that shutdown, man. You yeah, open a can no, of worms, man. No, nah, but the idiots are the loudest. And <laughs> you're I, right, I've, mate, you're I've right. said on here before, it's a shame because we know a lot of smart people who have a lot of smart things to say, but they won't bother because they it's a not bother thing. I don't think it's because they don't want to. It's a, what's the point? Yeah, that's it, exactly. Where's it going to get us? Um, how but does uh, someone... Is that how smart, does it, though? No, it's not smart. It's not bright, but it's they've been beat into submission. You can only bash your head against a wall so many times before you get concussion. right? So I don't think it's right. I don't think it's smart. I wish there was more people that would jump on the bandwagon of common sense rather than the bandwagon of what's popular at the time. But it, yep. it, it, it's not going to happen. The, the question you asked here was how does someone stick to their purpose rather than flip over to the agenda? It, it's just going to take a constitution. I've just used that word so many times today. It's my favourite word today. The constitution of will. You have to be that strong-willed 
um, and that dedicated to your purpose, that it doesn't matter if you lose your seat in Parliament, so to speak. And it's like um, you don't know until you've done it, right? So there's a lot of things when we're training salespeople. We say, ask for the business. What's the worst that can happen? They say no because there's a fear a lot of the time of people asking for the business or asking for a higher fee or, or asking for more money. Just ask and see what's happening. So until someone does it and survives, more people aren't going to do it. And the fear of losing your seat, even though if you get sacked as a politician, your pension's paid for life, the fear of losing the seat is too great for some people to just give it a go and see. I'm a gambler, man. I go, well, if the worst that can happen is I get my pension paid for the rest of my life and I can still go and work in any other sector, if that's the worst that can happen, then I might try to stick to my guns here and, yeah. just, and just see where we end up. But no one will fucking do it, mate. And it's, I don't know what threats are going on behind closed doors, whether there's people threatening to blow people up or what, but it seems that a lot it's of tunes change. Well, you mate, there's a pretty big fear. Surely not every politician has gone in there just to get the pension for life when they started. Surely yeah, they, sure. they, surely there's someone in there that has an idea. Well, Pauline Hanson's a perfect example, right? Your leader. Yeah. She says what my, she... My, yes, my leader. I, my hero. Yeah, I feel like she... My had, Asian hero. <laughs> I feel like she's actually says what she is thinking, right? I feel like her narrative hasn't changed. Please for, explain. Yeah. <laughs> Fashion chips. I feel like her narrative hasn't changed for 15 years or 20 years or however long the Pauline Hanson saga has been going along. And only now, and it's taken 20 years, of people going starting to go, shit. She might have had some credit. She might have yeah, had some Yeah, but that's the pendulum of life. The but pendulum of life is very simple. But she stuck to a gun, though. No yeah, one else. but after 10, 10, 15 years, it gets back there. Do you, do you remember, like, how back in the 80s, the, 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 the trousers had wide opening the around bottoms, the shoes? Bottoms, yeah. yeah. And, well, didn't it come back a few years ago? I mean, it's it's a pendulum of life. It yeah. goes back, forth, back, forth. So if you stuck by... Uh, by Australian only, uh, uh, one nation philosophy, at some stage it's going to get back. Yeah. And then at some stage it's going to go away from that. That's, that's, the, that's why it's taken 15 years. The, the only is that thing something is people can hang on to? If we're talking about people sticking to their purpose, it's not going to happen in five weeks. And that's probably the problem. There's no short-term payoff for it. There's no short-term gratification. There's no short-term result. Is short term or, or long term? Oh, no, there's no short. There's long term because it's taken Paul and Anson 15 years, but people are finally saying she's right. But a politician who needs to worry about their seat next week or next year, there's an election coming up, federal election next year. So all the decisions they're making now are purely based on that. I said that on about popularity. The, it's I said that about the handouts they were giving. They're not going to cut off the fucking handouts before the election, and they won't cut them off after the election because I reckon you, politicians should know how to sell. The politician who knows how to sell can just get through anything. Everything is sales, right? Everything is about Everything selling. Everything is sales. We we spoke about this. Life is all about sales. Life I saw I sales. saw my wife that her life was gonna be better. <laughs> <laughs> She's still waiting. <laughs> So it's all about sales. Yeah, but it's all about everything goes in cycles, mate. So in twenty years' time, her life may well be better. No, <laughs> every now and then I have a very every now and then I have a reminder of it. But when I have a bad dinner, I know <laughs> she's trying to remind me of my promise. So the, are you listen, saying you've had bad dinners? Don't make yeah. Every now and then, when he eats at your place. Hey, <laughs> that's not attacking me. I didn't say Crystal uh, cooked. You're uh, saying that. I didn't say that. 
No, as a matter of fact, you haven't been invited to his place, so how would you know? <laughs> no, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. I can only go by what my friend's telling me. <laughs> what did we say last week about that? Because Crystal said to me, I think we need to invite the Denolas <laughs> up again. So I couldn't even remember what we said. Because oh, I was banging on it because you were banging my shirt out and uh, banging my shirt out. There's a few other things you said. And I said, uh, yeah, no, it's all right. I went to Christmas party. I didn't get an invite. Your house, I didn't get an invite. No. Rah, rah, rah. And I think that's what she was talking about. Let, She's let taking me, it let, on board, mate. That's, you know, <laughs> the truth, crystal, is, if you're the truth is that you probably won't be invited <laughs> because of COVID. <laughs> the excuse is COVID. We'll go into lockdown. The week beforehand, we'll go into lockdown. We're going to invite you up. And I'm no, seriously, mate, you're very close to uh, the um, border. <laughs> the Victoria border. You're yeah. in a hot spot, mate. Yeah, I'm in the southern, southern suburbs of Sydney. I'm no, the, we, we have to be very I'm careful. I'm the closest to the border, yeah, yeah. We, do, we need to look after the children here. You can come up, mate, and I'm going to have edited a whole bunch of clips that just say, I wasn't invited, I wasn't invited, I wasn't invited, and that's all that's going to be playing over there. And I'll get ones of you bagging my dress sense. You won't have to, because the way you dress, I'll probably have reason to there. Oh, uh, shut up, big man. Oh, <laughs> oh, good. Are we ready for the third bottle? No, we're not ready. What, yeah, what are you on. doing, oh, boys? Oh, mate, on, that's how good it? it was. All right, let's have a look at the structure. It's actually... All right, man. All right, Let's try this bottle that I got from Thomas Allen. The Encore, Encore, which is a French word for more or again, or, right? 2018 bottle. Again, the philosophy of Thomas Allen, which is the uh, two gentlemen by the name of Craig Thomas and Steve Allen, who actually founded this uh, winery. And they actually bought uh, that winery that you know of in the Hunter Valley in 2009. So, and it's been going for quite a number of years, but it's just amazing. They believe in the old method. Whatever they do is all about method. And their premium wine is all about cork, and even the, the, wax wax, the wax is still on, you know. I, I was really inspired by even their approach about how to greet people. To me, the, I probably never felt that inviting a place. You ever go up to the Hunter Valley, Thomas Allen is a place you can't miss. Best salad to, yeah. Brilliant views from up there, beautiful house. We've had their Chardonnay on here before. Yeah, which is the, the mango, mango tree. The mango yeah. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, I think that one. From memory, that that week, one yeah, of the rare times I, I got to win. But um, we, we, do you know, we, I should have done it a little bit. Uh, like, what is it? Um, that that uh, that show, the car show with uh, that dude that's a bit like you that got fired. <laughs> what, what, what is that show Top again? Gear. Top Gear. Yeah. <laughs> where, where 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 we should have tally up like week in week out who oh, won. Right, yeah. And I probably would have been first. You right? know, we spoke earlier in this podcast about not rewarding people every quarter because the same people are just it's get rewarded. It's not every quarter. We, we are not rewarding. <laughs> we we need to reward every week the person who's gone out there, did a bit of study, but if did gonna, a bit of driving. If we get my on, vote just because you're going to Thomas Allen, mate. It's my favourite. We're going to put it on the board. We want to see receipts as well. Oh. 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 <laughs> mate, I paid 35 bucks for mine and then I, was, I put it on Vivino and it said available for $23 on my eve. It's a beautiful structure. Oh, the, God, the, that's the, awesome. eh? yeah. and, and do you know when they call it the Cabernet Shiraz, do you know that the, the grapes that they have is every six rows of Shiraz, they have one row of Cabernet. Oh. Yeah, so in their field, when they pick the, uh, the, the, the vine, they know that in the Shiraz there's always a bit of Cabernet. They brought out a few wines this year because I'm a, I'm a member of the Thomas Allen Wine Club, so they keep. Oh, yeah, you're a member too. The uh, the member of the 1733. Yeah, what is, seven, is it? Yeah, I think it is. Isn't it 1733 se- membership? Yes, yeah, 1733. Um, Which you know what it is. 
nah. that's a number that they are that's on their the house road. number yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, broke yeah. road there yeah you go. I didn't know and that. did you know that these guys only do about five thousand dozens a year yeah, so it's no, very well, small it's you very can't exclusive. find them in dan murphy you can't find them in winter cellar so those of you who are not a member and i think that we are one of the last members so stuff you you just fucked up and you missed out <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting the dozen every yeah. year it doesn't just because of the the short stock. They're not overly. They're not stupidly expensive either. They're, they're well priced wines. Do you know one of the things that I find a lot with the uh, the wineries, especially Hunter Valley, it's it's uh, quite popular because being close to Sydney, they have a lot of Sydney ciders coming up. And quite often, I have to tell you, the wines that they charge is not worth the wine. Mm. Like I bought wines over there for 60, 80 bucks that I would say if I spent that in Dan Murphy, I would have had better wine, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And so for me to go to Thomas Allen and find that the wines are really so competitive in terms of price, you can't, you can't get this kind of quality in a Dan Murphy. To me, it's worth all of that. And the structure of it, yeah. the, the way they structure it, it's the old ways. So John II, apparently his nicknamed the Pope, and John, <laughs> so John the second said. Bad timing, mate. Given the context of the podcast, one of these days, guys, we're gonna have to do a competition on country next week. We, we already know Italy. who the biggest country is. Italy, mate. and it's gonna be the best wine out of Italy. Or oh, the following week's gonna be Argentina. I've said for a long time we should pick Argentina. something because then it would make it. At least if we all did white, the Chardonnays would stand half a chance. No, the Chardonnay actually was to be if anything else very close it's so very people could have said that he it it, it, it won dish this, this week oh that's very but nice people though. didn't that was a good chardonnay that though. was three bottles ago i've forgotten <laughs> <laughs> that was a good chardonnay yeah so chris uh how was your week man good man good good yeah. good good um uh, good results coming up and yeah. uh trying to help the uh <laughs> yeah yo, yo prick oh is it sales <laughs> meeting <Where are> <laughs> <laughs> first, first I'm lucky, man. <laughs> man, I, I don't know if I've been drinking the same wine as these guys. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, but Chris, you, you, you sort of like just go for it. Every week you do that. Like, mate, there's people who are, who've called me and laughed their head off when you said last week, with the vaccine, we we trust that the government's doing the right thing by people. And apparently people were laughing when... Camera, we just burst into love. <laughs> I mean, you call for this kind of shit, man. That's cool. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy as long as I'm making the world laugh. I'm happy. Oh, darling, we're laughing with you, not at you. Like when people look at Cam and they no, laugh. we laughing at him. <laughs> I was lying. I was trying to get. I was trying to get the listing, mate. Well, I was transparent, man. Uh, All good, mate. You've had a good week, though. Yes, mate. I made the world laugh. How's your week been, TL? My week's been hell, man. Careful, <laughs> hell's hot. Yeah, well, it's been it's been hell. It's been a, a lot of things, one thing after another. But uh, one of the things that I I had a meeting last night with a friend of mine, and I, I said, you know, I learned your strength. I've learned the ability to just bounce back quickly. Back in my younger days, and not so long ago, if something hit me, it would take me at least a day to recover. Sometimes it take me weeks. And by studying him, by reading books on the subject, I find that now. I seem to be able to bounce back very quickly. What do you think the biggest change has been? Because, I mean, once something's happened, it's happened, so you can't change it. For me personally, like I, I was a dweller, oh, still to some certain extent I am, but much, much, 
much less than I was. And I think for me, it's the case of once it's happened, it's happened. You can't change it. So what's yeah, the Yeah, but, but the problem is that a lot of people are not holding on to the pain. They're holding on to the ego being hurt. Mm. And the need to protect the ego is beyond the action that's happened. And so it takes someone pretty strong to realize that ego is only there to fool you from false protection for yourself when it's only trying to protect itself. You then realize that, hold on, rather than spending the next minute on the problem, let's spend the next minute on the solution. But that takes someone to release ego in order to do that. That's the beauty. So you move that. And I truly firmly believe that you become who you hang around. And I've been studying this mate of mine for quite a while and looking at how he's doing things, how he can get the worst problem in life, and then within five seconds, he's bounced back. I just try to emulate him because in real life, in life, you don't have the time to learn about everything, but you've got plenty of time to study from people who, who are doing it. So you want to learn a trait, you want to learn the ability to do something that somebody else does, just look at how they do it and then do the same. You started off by saying your week's been hell. If, you, if you've gotten better at bouncing back, mm-hmm. how's your week been hell? No, no. Things have happened. But yeah, so a lot of things that happened that I would say that back in my younger days, man, it would have taken me weeks to recover. So your week hasn't been hell. This week's been no, an but improvement. No, I meant but I mean, it started as hell. Yeah. Whether I conquered it and be able to still to get pissed with you guys now and laugh about it, that's the ability to have that. Also, I'm not pissed, mate. Talk for yourself. Also, yeah. I have to say that you know that the 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 ability does not come free. I said to a the, the group yesterday, wisdom is not about something you read in book. Wisdom is not something you, you do. I thought it a long time for a long time. I thought that wisdom is about your action. No, wisdom is about knowing that you have a choice between doing what's right and doing it right and doing it the easy way. And then wisdom is choosing the first instance. Once you've chosen that first instance, then yes, you've got an opportunity for wisdom. Can wisdom be about being there, done that, so you can see the result further in the distance than someone who's never done something before? So you're coming into a situation where you've either... Someone coming into a situation that's never happened to them before versus someone who's coming into a situation that's happened to them four or five times. Experience. So So speaking from experience. that, That... provides a wisdom yes yeah but we we talked about that already right we we talked about it you know wisdom is about uh experience it's it's about learning and it's about making a choice remember one of our podcasts where we 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 uh, we decide we we looked into that but really it's really about making that choice to be conscious rather than unconscious i think you said it before was when you said about the, your ego wanting to have its voice heard, um, and one of your seminars, I think, it was Port Douglas about um, ego is uh, I don't know, remember inspire ego. without ego. But how Einstein put it about knowledge that you, you you have the less of the ego, the more knowledge you have, and obviously I think that would go hand in hand with your experience as well. Or or the Buddhists have got it like through meditation you learn to know how much you don't know. Or even better, when you're a real uh, great meditator, that you know nothing. I think it's about leading a good life, man. And it's about respecting everything. My parents may not give me much these days, but the memory of what they have done for me would never disappear. And in every actions or reactions or decisions that I make, I would always have them at the bottom of my uh, mind and, and at the bottom of my decisions, mm. you know? I think that that's what I have 
decide to live my life. Now, there's people who decide to live their life about fuck everyone. It's about me today, and it's about me tomorrow, and it's always been about me. And whatever relationship and things that I've done with you, it was all a fake. That's their prerogative. You yourself moving forward, and you know, uh, guys like that, I don't need to hang around. And hence, I always say what my leader, when I was 22 years old, told me. You can hide from a thief, but you can't do anything with a liar. Mm. Once you've been found out as a liar, do you get them, allow them back in your life? Shit, no. Once I found that he's a liar, it's going to be always be a liar. That's what we started so at the start of the podcast when you were questioning, forgive and forget. Questions without, question without notice. Do you think you're in a better place mentally, life-wise, growth-wise now than prior to COVID or than where you are now? Yeah, good question. I think a better place to pre-COVID because I think through the other side of pain is growth. And I think from what I've personally, what I've gone through, both with within business, personal and family, being forced not to be able to see your old man and at that time find out your dad's cancer's re come back and find out that you can help him with that. Personally, I'm in a, a far better place than I was before COVID. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your father's got cancer? Yeah, so he had cancer. He had prostate cancer many years ago, which yeah. was taken out. Um, and something come back and they've taken some tests and uh, it was going to be one of three things. Unfortunately, it looks like he's got now got bowel cancer. Uh, sorry, uh, bladder cancer. He's 87. So, right, right. But that, that's been discovered through, I mean, through uh, obviously some tests. But coming back to the question, that I think being able to handle that now is because that you've, you've gone through the adversity of, you know, the separation, not being able to see someone. Someone's in your mind, I think, more when you're not able to see them than when you're able to see them. On the other side of, and as I said, I think I said it last thing, last podcast, on the other side of pain is always growth. Mm. So, yeah, I think I'm in a, a far better place. I'm, I'm able to handle, I think I'm able to handle a lot more than I was be able to previously than I am now. What about you? No, I, I haven't changed. I, like I said, I've gone backwards. You, you, you two both bastards have gone up. <laughs> uh, you know, you become who you hang around. So you become you more, more like me level. and I've become more like you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, it was something I thought about because, uh, I mean, prior to COVID, I never would have put my hand up to coach my son's footy team. Prior to COVID, yep. being here on a Thursday when I try and have Mondays off was used to rack me with guilt. Yeah. So it Part should. Of the, oh, fuck off. <laughs> is today your day off though? Is no, and Monday. So Monday's but your day Monday off. I worked. So uh, the only real time I've got booked out of my schedule is Thursday from lunchtime onwards. Mondays is meant to be my day off, but if there's stuff to be done, go and do, we'll do it. Okay. This Monday I had stuff to do, so we did it. Just the ease of I've, I've, I've found um, through all the shit, I've found ease. Yeah, like you, we've talked the last couple of weeks about not being outraged. I'm not outraged. I haven't got any fights with anyone. To I talk to you, TL, about. You said you've had the week from hell, but once something's been done, it's done. You can't fucking yeah. do anything about it, so so move on. I look at where the business is at. You know, I, I think I said this last week. We did a whole podcast on work-life balance, and I didn't believe it was possible. And, and you pick up the phone when you pick up the phone, and you, and that's why I was asking about the change, because that wasn't long before this COVID stuff happened that yeah. I was making all those fucking grand statements. But I look at what I'm doing now. There's, there's two afternoons a week where I go down and train and bunch of nine-year-olds and teach them how to play footy there's an afternoon a week i come and drink some nice wine with you guys i have sundays off with my family i do all that stuff and and we're making more money than we've ever made before so i look at myself and i go there's been plenty of good to come out of 
Plenty of growth, learning and so forth. Oh, plenty of good to yeah. come out of this imaginary virus, which no one actually has. <laughs> yeah, but w- I just want to uh, relate, though, so that we, we get ourselves right. Uh, when I talked about the week from hell, the, the week from hell was not about the uh, business issues or small issues. Uh, someone told me a long time ago, if you have a problem that can, a problem is like a hole. If you can put money and it fills up the hole, then it's not a problem because you fill it up with money and then you walk through. But if it's a hole you can't fill, which is like you're, you're now what you're going through with your dad. But last week, I'm, I'm sure that not, not many people know and he's probably not going to know because Richard doesn't listen to this shit anyway. Richard Martinezzi, who runs the Wisebury office in Five Dog, doesn't listen to he this podcast listen. anyway. He had to go to hospital for a uh, stent in his brain. That worried me. That gave me hell, man. Not the business issue. Business issue is business. You want to be in business? No, it wasn't. It's simple. Business is one problem after another, okay? Sometimes there's calm sea, but calm sea doesn't last. Now, if it's calm all the time, it means you're not growing. When there's challenges, it means there's opportunities, right? And so that's a different thing. That's why my week was hell. <laughs> Fucking hell. And it's called a stent, not a stencil. Oh, a stent. Did I say stent? In his brain or his heart? In his brain. Yeah, he gets, it's so they had to go through the groin. And Richard's groin's big. <laughs> so You would know. Oh, no, I don't know. It's <laughs> like throwing a sausage down a hallway, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to go right up through the uh, vertebrae. Then, because that's the only way to go through from your body to your head. Yeah, spinal right? cord. Yeah, is to go through that little hole uh, next to the spinal cord and then go through the veins in the head. Yeah, right. I think, uh, yeah, for anything that what we've gone through through COVID with my sisters, my dad, business, the so forth. I think on the other side of it, definitely better than I was. Very good. What's wrong with you, man? My, no, question, about, five, my question about hell wasn't to do with what the issues were. It's how you perceive the issues once they happen. Yeah, fuck it. Do you know why? Uh, my work's a, been all right. Just a question. Do you know Thanks why, for asking. Or, or you were next, but do you know why they're not <laughs> using a lot of cork anymore? Do you, do you actually know why? Oh, hang on. They, they, why? Thing, why do you fucking... Oh, hang on. So, the cor- yeah, there's not enough cork to supply for the bottles that yeah. have been made. So the demand of wine has actually increased. Who made? Who makes the uh, highest production of corks in the world? Is it Spain? Spain. Or is it Vietnam? Spain. Uh, coming from the Vietnamese asking me, I'm going to say... I'm, I, it's, I'm I would you. say it's Spain. When they dug all those tunnels in Vietnam, they ruined the root systems of all the cork <laughs> trees. <laughs> so... <laughs> I actually have a cork oak because it comes from. It's an oak tree. It's called a cork oak. Quercus subris, I think it is. But anyway, he, um, he's going to show <laughs> off his his bonsai mastership now. I'm actually growing one as a bonsai. I'm actually growing a cork tree as a bonsai, so you can make little wine bottles. But I don't know who who makes more cork. I thought Coke. it was Spain. Oh, <laughs> Colombia, mate. <laughs> Colombia, yeah. Colombia, <laughs> Spain. I would have thought it would be Spain. Makes more so I've been told. <laughs> Is it Spain or Vietnam? It's never been Vietnam because Vietnam only do culture tree, man. And right. He just asked a question, mate. Trick I just question. asked you a question. You're trying yeah, to spin yeah, some right. knowledge. All right. So how's your, how's your week been, Ken? We'll busy. Busy. Why busy? Oh, I had all those people over the weekend. It was hard. And all those I've, people. I've been busy. It's that good. Was for, that was for Indy's birthday, busy, right? Good. Indy's we're birthday done, party. I think we're done. I've done six listing appointments this week. How many did you convert, mate? None, mate. <laughs> Oh. Yet, yet, yet. The skill of a great not even, agent. Not yet. even the SBS editor. You didn't couldn't convert him. 
No, no. So the, the, the problem, the, the, uh, not, not even the problem. So the the new recruits doing an amazing job of getting us into doors. Mount Cola seems like the place to be. Every single one of them has been in Mount Cola. A lot of people thinking about moving, not sure whether they should, what the market's doing. So I've, uh, it's been going in there and doing bloody seminars on where the world is at at the moment. They'll make decisions. There's been one thing I've noticed with the upper North Shore market that isn't in my other market on the Central Coast is I think three of the six that I've been to, I've been up against five other agents. You know, the skill in that is being last and, and asking for the signature and doing all that stuff, but um, which I did and, and have done. But that area, it, it, it's an interesting um, social experiment. One, a couple of things I've learned is uh, Asquith seems to be the imaginary border between Sydney and the rest of the world. Uh, when you're talking to buyers... They won't pay $2 million in Asquith because for that I can buy in Warunga, but they'll pay $2 million in Mount Cola because that's the, which is further north, which is further out of Sydney. But So Asquith is the imaginary border. Um, <laughs> there are no dominant agents yet because Wisebury's just worming their way in there, but everyone is seeing three, four, five, six agents, which means there's no trust in the area at all. There's no one going in there and, and no being... No trust in the agent, yeah. ...being completely completely honest there's been two appointments that i've gone to that said oh look we've seen four agents we haven't signed with anyone yet but we know who we're going to go to and you've got nothing to lose so you walk in and go well you don't know who you're going to go to otherwise you would have already you would sign and they go what and you know throwing hand grenades and see they're going to go one way or the other you but got nothing to lose, absolutely. if i'm already up against five people then, then then why bother so there's been a few of those conversations and one thing i've learned is three yellows in a day back to back is too many it's it, it's big it's big time. What, what are your how long do your LAs go for? An hour uh, and a half, two hours. Yeah, two hours. Yeah, hour and a half. I talk a lot. So. Yeah, we noticed. Um, <laughs> so there's been, but but the good thing is it's sharpening it's sharpening everyone's tools because the team know what questions they need to ask. If we're going up against five other agents, more often than not, we have to be the last agent in. I know that I've got to be fresh. So we've. There's no more three LAs back-to-back. I mean, okay. it never was the rule, but it's now definitely the rule that can't happen. And then the other thing that happened this week, and I'm very, very late to the party, but I watched Chernobyl. Oh, I and the first, no, the I first two episodes, I couldn't unclench my fist. Holy fucking shit, that TV show. I haven't seen it yet. Mate. Is it on, is it on um, it's good. Netflix? It's very it's good. It's on uh, Foxtel. Okay, I've got Foxtel. So yeah, go, and look, go, and look at, go and look for it in Foxtel and... Crystal couldn't watch after the first episode because she was that distraught about what was going on. I couldn't unclench my fist for an episode and a half and then because it's halfway through the second episode that there's anyway. actually some progress made without being yeah, yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Mate, the emotional ride you go on with that. So yeah. when I was in the three at um, St. Cecilia's in Wyong, we had some uh, students come to the school from Chernobyl. Wow. And we didn't realise, I mean, obviously it was understood there'd been a nuclear something and something bad had happened and something, something. But watching that, that's my first real introduction to what actually happened, yeah. What went on, mate, and yeah. it's confronting. Yeah, yeah. Like it is, it'll make you ask a lot of questions oh, about but the world. Is it, is, is, that, is, that, is, that, is it a series, a documentary, or is it a series? Five, it's, it's a, a five movie. part mini series. It's dramatised, okay, it's yeah, not yeah, documentary, right. but. Obviously, from what I can gather, they wouldn't be able to do Drama the shit. Dramatised real events, yeah. They wouldn't have been able to do the shit they've done in it without it being somewhat Realistic. real, yeah, yeah. based on true Actual events. Actual events, yeah, yeah. 
Mate, I, I don't remember ever feeling the anxiety and the emotion that I've felt watching a movie, a TV show, anything yeah. for the first two episodes of that show. Crystal couldn't. She's like, no, no. We had to watch 18 episodes of The Block after the first episode just so she could go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that, haven't you? Wow. Yeah. On very, a lighter note. Very, very <laughs> Chris, why yes. don't you just close this week, man? You know what's right. You know what's wrong. We've done all that. That was last week. All right, fuck yeah. yeah. I should have closed last week then. Uh, it was mine. All right. Well, mine wasn't as bad as Cameron said it was, but not as good as Thomas reckons. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck Next week, like? it's a, between the two you, uh, of you boys, right? Like, whoever lose. Listen, you're bringing fucking $100 bottles every week. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's uh, not true. Yeah. Just remember Just the things reason. that you do. Oh, you want a bit of help. Yeah. Let's, let's close it together. Yeah. Just remember that the things you do now may have ramifications in the future. So back to last week, do the right things always. That's the fucking last week's one no, that I just said. Yeah, no, but... And then the other thing is... Don't wear grey shirts. If you're thinking about going into business, make sure you're ready to go into business. Go into business for the right reasons, not, just, not for the selfish reasons. Not just trying to be a glorified... You know what? I'll, I'll close it with this. All agents need to be an agent of we, not an agent of me. Why? I don't, I don't, and I don't care whether where you are, whether it's a, whether it's with your buyers or your sellers or your teammates or your whatever. I think all agents need to be agents of we, not agents of me. Because in we there is always growth. Me. Yeah, and there's always growth. Well, yep. in, a, in a pure real estate sense, we probably should have spoken about this an hour ago, but. Sold signs breed sold signs. So it doesn't matter whether it's me bringing a sold sign or we bringing a sold sign, me is going to end up benefiting. You know, yeah. I, I made a phone call, uh, going back, making it longer. <laughs> We're now, back. I, I made a phone call today to a buyer and, and I forgot to ring him back on a Saturday. I rang him back on a Monday. I said, mate, I am so sorry. You wanted to see that property. He'd already purchased the property. Um, I, I'm so sorry. I forgot on the Saturday. I was flat out. I said, mate, let me know when you want to see it. And he goes, Chris, totally understand. I rang him today and said, mate, I will be around the corner on Saturday. I'll have the keys with me. Let me know. I'll meet you there. You let me know what time. He was so appreciative of just me reaching out and saying, I'll go that extra mile. And that was, I believe, an agent of we, not an agent of me. On the other side of that, we can all grow and be better. Nice. Thanks, boys. Thanks, we'll Steve. catch up Bye -bye. soon.